you are the podcast master. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the podcast, episode number 95, I think, I believe it's episode number 95. There's been a lot of them, uh, not quite 100. We're closing in on episode number 100 and I think that we're going to have some big news when we get to episode 100. I think we're going to have a lot of fun with that episode and all of them moving into the future. We're going to be doing some uh, really cool things with the podcast Fingers crossed that you will join us. Fingers crossed everything works out the way it's supposed to or the way we uh, we have it planned anyways. A um, couple of weeks, a few weeks, we're going to be headed to Las Vegas, PBR World Finals. If you're in Vegas, first week of November, don't forget the Matt West Charity Cornhole Tournament is happening the Friday of the PBR World Finals, November... F- oh, I don't, I'm not even going to try to say the date because I really don't know the date, but... You can follow me on social media at Matt L. West. I'm going to be posting all the details coming up soon. Um, get you all the information, get you the link to sign up and all that fun stuff. You know that every year this cornhole tournament that we've done it has been so much fun. And it's a great opportunity for fans and athletes and everybody to come together and just enjoy a little fun. And most importantly, be able to raise some money for a great organization that gives back to the athletes in our industry. So, Super excited about the Cornhole Tournament, uh, excited about the future of this podcast, excited about everything, honestly. Uh, a lot of big news we're going to be talking about with the PBR coming up in 2022, so stay tuned. We'll uh, we'll be talking more and more about that in the future. We'll talk a little bit about it in this episode of the podcast, and, and as we get to that, um, my guest this week is the reason that I know where May Pearl, Texas is. I had never heard of May Pearl, Texas uh, drove through it actually the other day for the first time that I've I've noticed. So, um, in my opinion, the most famous person ever to come out of Maypearl, Texas, Mason Taylor is my guest this week. You'll hear a lot of stories about you know who he hangs out with away from the arena, how he got into bull riding, and who kind of helped mold his beginning stages of bull riding. You'll hear us talk about the difficulties, the ups and downs of success, and, and being in you know places that you don't necessarily want to be you'll hear us talk about when he when he came onto the scene and and you know sometimes people rub people the wrong way and and mason went through some of that experience he kind of rubbed some people the wrong way myself included you'll hear the story of how i really wanted to just wring his neck and how that actually made me an even bigger fan of of mason taylor i i know that sounds crazy but you'll understand when you hear the story i am a a big fan of this kid, um, have been since the beginning, tremendously talented, but more importantly, just a good kid, a good guy. I, I keep calling him kid because you can tell every day I'm getting older, but um, I really enjoy just being around Mason. He's uh, got a great energy, um, smiling all the time, and that's uh, that's important. So especially in this sport, when you got you, you to gotta compartmentalize the difficulties of the sport. And still be able to enjoy the life and, and the blessing that it is to be a part of it. So we'll talk about all that. We'll talk about a whole bunch of stuff. You're tired of listening to me talk. So let's get into the episode. Episode 95 with professional bull rider Mason Taylor. Be honest. Is this the nicest podcast studio you've ever been in? You dang right. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, is it top 10 at least? Yes. Okay. I've I mean, it is. Four. <laughs> top five top, <laughs> top five, five yeah we're uh man we're working on building some like an actual studio but 
being in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, it's tough to to find people coming through Come, there. So. Yeah. Uh, it's a Marriott, so, I mean, at least we got that going got for good us. good scenery, got too. a nice little view. Yeah. The, uh, what do you, is that a, it's not a deck. Yeah. Patio. Balcony. Balcony. Balcony, that's the word. Not a patio. I'm not good with words, man. Me either. My grammar's terrible. I appreciate you taking the time to do this, being a, being a cover model and all. Oh, crap. On the magazine. <laughs> <laughs> I saw uh, that. I mean, you're one of just a handful of magazine cover models that we've had on this podcast. Yeah. How cool is that? Man, Growing up, be honest. Yeah, yeah. Growing up, I always wanted to be on a magazine, and Mm -hmm. I never was. And I think now I've been on probably two or three covers of magazines, and I think it's cool to me because it makes my dad's day. He always was talking, you know, like them little britches, you know, guys getting on magazines and stuff like that. When I was fifteen, sixteen, my dad was like, "Why ain't you on one of them?" You know, so it kind of makes his day seeing me on them now. Don't lie to me though. You said two or three, like uh, you, you know, I I've been on one. American yeah. Buckle Magazine put me and Zeke on the on the cover of the latest episode. I know how many, and I'll, <laughs> I'll keep track. I don't care yeah. if it's a thousand. I'll know exactly. So, like Humps and Horns, Humps and Horns, and then um, I can't remember the name of the other one. When I won Shawnee, uh, oh, yeah. Flower, I was on the cover of one of them, and then I forget about that. Yeah, that was back in the day, twenty eighteen. I was eighteen. I was going to say you yeah. were like seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. I say back in the day, that's only been three years ago. I yeah. feel like we've been friends for 10 years, but yeah, you're no. only 20... I'm 22. Two. Just turned 22, yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for coming, man. Have a good day. See yeah. you. <laughs> I was 20... When I, when I was your age, when do you turn 23? Next August. Next August. So you just turned 22. Yeah. Uh, by the way, happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know if you got my card or not. Uh, sorry, I missed it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, when I was your age, I weighed 300 pounds. I had never been in the gym. I had no idea what I was doing in life. It's crazy how... No way, really. Yeah, to think about that. But this is about you. It's not about me. Yeah. Congrats on the cover. I think it's awesome. You know, I, I did the same thing. When Humps and Horns first came out, which I don't know if you'd be old enough to remember that or not, and it was the big block square like paper magazine kind of. I just remember getting on that, uh, getting in there and seeing it and seeing all my buddies every once in a while would pop up there. And I was like, someday, man, that's, that's a, that's a bucket list thing that people don't really. And I can't remember the other one either. Um, but when I won the 1515 in New York, I was in one of them too, that someone sent me. So I can't remember the name of it. Weren't you the number one bull rider in the world that weekend? Uh, it was second or first or yeah, something like, like that. You, like After were, I left that weekend, I think were, I was like second or first, something like that. You were there. Here, will you answer this Um, and, and see if that's, make sure it's not a, a huge deal. So there's a lot going on while we're doing this. Yeah. Uh, I, I set you up here and for people that can't see us, obviously I'm in a chair that faces our TV. Yeah. You're watching football. I'm, I'm a diehard OU Sooner fan, man. And I, I cannot, I can't handle it. I stress out. Are you a sports guy? I'm a college football fan. Are I you? I don't really watch much NFL, but I do like watching college football. I think it's, you know, way more spectacular plays, and I think it's more of a, I don't know, I think it's more exciting watching college football than it is NFL. I think so. I yeah. think so. Um, do you don't have a team? Oh, yeah, I'm a OSU Cowboy. Are you really? Oh, yeah. How? You're from Texas. No, I'm from Norman, Oklahoma, born and raised. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Have we had this conversation before? I think so, yeah. If we have, I've, I've forgot about it. Okay. I moved to Maypearl when I was eight. Okay, hang on. I got a lot to unpack here. Yeah. Let's start with this. Born in Norman. Yep. 
family from Oklahoma? Oh yeah, all my family's in Oklahoma. <laughs> okay, I'm right, the only one in Texas City or what? Oh yeah, they live in Noble. Okay, Noble Norman, Noble how, Norman Slaughterville. How yeah. are you not a Sooner fan? Uh, my papa. Really? My papa is a diehard OU fan, and I was he gets nuts cussing at the TV wild, and I just thought it was funny that I picked a team that made him mad. <laughs> So at Aaron Bedlam, we are we're kind of pretty cutthroat at the house. Really? Oh yeah. That's okay. I just you just went higher on my list <laughs> just because. Um, I'm a diehard Sooner fan. Yeah. But I enrolled at Oklahoma State three different times. Really? That's where my mom went to school. Notice so. I didn't say I went to school. Yeah. Notice I didn't say graduated from, but I enrolled at Oklahoma State three different times. I. I did get some college credits there. I just, I was about your age, a yeah. little younger. Uh, it, it's such a big campus that I had trouble finding the classrooms. I couldn't find the classrooms. Couldn't find the classroom. Yeah. yeah. You sure you didn't just not walk foot on, you know, walk on to campus? Or? I, you know what? I really can't remember. <laughs> I, I, I don't, there's a lot of that time in my life I just really flat yeah. out don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, born in Norman. Uh, moved to Maypearl when you're eight? Yep. Why? Uh, my dad's brother needed help with his furniture company. And, uh, so... And an eight-year-old is a hell of a helpful hand. No, not oh, me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, my dad's brother needed help with his furniture company, so my dad was like, yeah, we'll pack up and we'll move down there and we'll help you. So... That's awesome. Uh, we moved down to Maypearl when I was eight and went to school there. I think I was in... I don't know, what is that? Second grade? Second grade, yeah. third grade, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, so yeah. Somewhere in second or third grade, and then I went there until a freshman in high school, and that's when I got uh, homeschooled. Look back at it now. Um, you, you don't really think too much, obviously, at that age, but do you remember, were you scared to move that young? I mean, were you scared of a new school and things like that? Or are you even old enough to process and register that when you're that age? Yeah, uh-huh. I'm a big... I, I love my nan and papa. Yeah. I was with my nan and papa and Aunt Tommy for, you know, ever. I spent every day with them. My aunt Tommy was, you know, she was the head person at my daycare I went to. And then before I went to school. And so I was, you know, used to being with them and my Uncle Matt every single day. You got an Uncle Matt? Oh, yeah. Sounds like a hell of a guy. He's a he's badass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. Uh, you, Nana and Papa, is that yeah. what you Okay. Mm-hmm. So do people in like New York and California use the same terms probably that we not. do i wonder probably not so that'd be your grandma and grandpa yeah I, I mean now i'm legitimately curious about that because you say nana and papa that's just something we all grow up like yeah those are the words we all use we all have these different little terms and it's nana and papa yeah. i got a meemaw <laughs> yep that's right yeah. that's right yeah. I, but I, I wonder if that's a universal thing all over I don't if know. it's just where we're at i, I think it's just no? texas oklahoma <laughs> no not in colorado Granny and Papa is what Megan's saying. I mean that that kind of fits in the same yeah. category. I mean everybody's got nicknames, but so you move when you're eight, freshman, and then homeschooled. Yeah, right? I think there's a lot of people in our industry that end up getting homeschooled. Yeah, I was missing too much school, and the school wanted to take mom and dad to court, and my dad kind of is because uh, you were missing school. Yeah, like we were gone all the time. Really? Like, I right. was either playing baseball or I was, you know, rodeoing. I was doing something right. that required me to miss school. Yeah, and things that you were still getting a, an education. Yeah. Like, you, I, I feel like, don't 
Don't yeah. get me started on the current. Oh, don't get Chris Taylor started on it neither. Climate. Really? <laughs> they wanted to take him to court, and my dad's kind of a spare the moment guy. And he said, "Well, I'll fix this right now." And he, we didn't. That was in the middle of the year. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even close to being summer yet. And my dad told him, he said, "All right, you know, and I'm fine. I'm jerking him out of school." And we didn't go to school. I feel like he'd be kind of like on. like me. Um, I don't have kids, obviously, and I think that that's probably God's plan. Yeah. Because if I did have kids and something like that came up, I think I'd rather punch somebody in the face. I think than- I was mad when I got homeschooled just for the sole fact of me missing football. Yeah. I'm a, I loved football. I'm a big football guy. Like I love watching it, and I loved playing it because me and the team that we had, we played together from second grade. So we knew everybody, we knew our positions, we knew absolutely everything, and we were pretty salty. Yeah. Like, it was a lot of fun. But it's it's kind of the locker room, too, is, yeah. is as important. As, mm-hmm. So when did you quit football? Freshman year. Uh, like, you, you literally, I didn't get to play high school football, and it made me so mad. Really? Yeah. Like, I mean, that that would probably suck. Yeah, I'm, I was a quarterback, so all eyes would have been on me anyway. Ask what yeah. you were, so you were a quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, were you going to get to start as a sophomore? Or? Yeah. Really? I've, I was a quarterback from the time I was our peewee teams all the way up. I played quarterback, and then I don't know if – I mean, I'd have been quarterback on pass plays, but, you know, stuff like that. I couldn't uh, – everybody grew up over me. Right. I was short. I right. couldn't see around the line. So yeah. I had to bootleg every time that we wanted to throw the ball. I had to take a snap and run out to the outside and see who's open and just, you know, gun it to him because I couldn't see over the line. There was a kid like that that played in our, you know, our county. He was the exact same way, and he was about your height when he graduated, and all the line were huge. Yeah. He had to – he was super athletic, though. Were you, I mean, were you pretty athletic? Were you mobile? Yeah, I can. I could do pretty much whatever. The only thing that stunk was me not being able to see over the line. I got put at receiver because my Are you best fast? friend – I was back then, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, my That's buddy – or my best friend that was during school, he ended up being quarterback because, heck, he's six foot. Yeah. You know, and he hit that about, you know – Touchdown Sooners. <laughs> Sorry. That might happen every once in a while on this podcast. Well. No, leave it on. That stinks. Uh, no, I'm just They're kidding. playing Kansas State. Nobody, yeah. nobody, nobody likes cares Kansas about State. Kansas State. So I'm Almost an OU fan. Um, man, do you ever look back and go, I mean, do you think you would have tried to, let me ask you this. Do you think homeschooling helped your bull riding career? Oh, without a doubt. Do you, or do you think you would have focused more on football and wanted to try football more? Or? It wouldn't have been football. It had definitely been baseball. Really? I mean, I played select baseball and had, you know, really big organizations looking at me when I was 13 years old. And, you know, I was pretty good at baseball. And I don't like to say that very much because, right. I mean, you know, not You're everybody humble. not everybody needs to know that. You know, I could I could throw a baseball pretty dang good. And they were looking at me, but that really wasn't my passion. It was at the time, but I got st- – so burnt out on it being gone playing tournaments every single weekend and All being it, I think what made me get burnt out on it was I was on a team that it was an all-star team and mm-hmm. all-star teams fail because we rely on each other's talent we don't rely on the team aspect we know we're all good and we know that we're really good and we wasn't as a team right so we you know one guy screws up it screwed the whole tournament so I think being on that team that year is what burnt me out on it because I think we won three games that whole entire season. Man, I'm so interested that you brought that up because it reminds me of like like the Yankees will go out and they'll constantly spend so much money on so many great 
individual athletes, but for some reason that never makes it to the World Series. Like it, it's never as good as it should be on paper. And I'm a diehard St. Louis Cardinals fan. And it's like the Cardinals never have any really big superstars other than, you know, like, you know, Yachty behind the plate, you know, might have a couple more guys with a little bit of notoriety. But as a whole, it's just a bunch of ball players. It is. That do whatever it takes to win. Yeah. And they always end up being successful when, I think when the time's think that's what right. burnt me out on it and why I didn't want to pursue baseball because I was so tired of going out on the field literally knowing that we was going to lose. Right. And I played my absolute hardest to try to change that. Like, I tried to yeah. turn it around. I was a pitcher-catcher, and whether I was behind the plate or whether I was trying to throw it as hard as I could, I really did try to turn to change it and turn our whole season around because I hate losing. That is what I hate the most. Like, I despise losing. Really? Like I never would have guessed that. It literally makes me so mad. So, I've to noticed. be on a team that – was okay with losing and just knew that they were good and going to go to the next level whether or not we won yeah. or lost, that literally ate at me, and I, I just got burnt out on it. Man, you know, I, it was kind of the same for me. I love baseball. My dad played baseball, went to the Junior College World Series, was a stud. I always wanted I, – I hate to admit this publicly. Now that I'm older, I don't mind it, but I kind of always wanted to do everything my dad did. Yeah. And, and so I loved baseball, man. And, and when I transferred schools, like – that ninth, tenth grade year of high school, the football coach was the baseball coach. And he kept he knew I played and he yeah. knew my dad. Like and he just kept pushing me. And I said, No. And, and finally he he asked why. And I said, Because for your baseball team, it's just a reason for those guys to get out of class. Yep. Like if I play baseball, I want to win. Anything like I want to try do, as hard as win. I can. Yeah. That's that's the that's the what is wrong with people that don't have that mentality? I don't understand. Like, why does everyone need a participation ribbon nowadays? Why why hang that on the wall when it's everyone got the same place? Do you get into politics? I don't like to admit it, but yes. Here, okay. <laughs> here this last year, I have, I, I or not even last year, the last couple years right. being with you know Donald Trump and all that, I have paid attention to it. I yes. get fired up because oh, I, I think that it's a direct reflection of a lot of the things we're talking about. I think that when you start giving people you know, uh, a pat on the back when they don't deserve it, or you start giving a trophy when somebody doesn't deserve it. I think it, it leads to, um, a false expectation. Yeah. When you're seven or eight year old, don't get a trophy because he didn't win the right. baseball game or the football game he's playing. Right. And he goes home and cries. That's supposed to happen. It's I, supposed to make you better and want to go win. You're and work supposed harder. to want to work harder, right? Yes. I, I and I look at like bull riding right now. Everybody, there's no secret. Jose is a machine, but look what he does Monday through Thursday. Yeah, I mean the guy works his butt off to get as good as he is. Yeah, he's not showing up and and you know spending all weekend at the bar and no, and he's know, not hoping to stay on. He's not. That's a, that's a really good point. He knows he's going to stay on. What do you have to do mentally? Like what what does Mason do? Do you have anything where you like? I, I go. I come in a locker room and I see guys and and I know a lot of the Brazilians will be in their Bible and they're very quiet. Keyshawn's doing all kinds of Jump hardcore stuff, yeah. jumping around, stretching, jumping around doing the locker his room, thing, getting in the way. But like like what's your <laughs> <laughs> what's your like what's your thing? What what gets you going? Uh, when people doubt me, really. When I got something drawn that no one thinks I can stay on, mm. I think that's when I show up and want to tie my hand in there and show everybody what I'm about. 
Isn't that like the the number one motivator in the world? It kind of it's kind of hard for me to show up knowing that I got a piece of crap drawn and everyone's like, "Oh, well, you know you got tomorrow." I hate that. I hate it. You you got to get by today first. You got to. You got to take it one bullet at a time. What yeah. happens if tomorrow don't come? Exactly. I don't want to leave uh today with a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah. And that's been my biggest problem this year. Why? Showing up knowing that Showing up with a sour attitude? Showing up with a sour attitude knowing that I have a bull that I can't win the round on. Okay, but you can't and win the event unless you ride your bull. Exactly, and that's what I've I've kind of finally come to realize, and Cooper's kind of told me, hey, dude, wake up. Yeah. You have to ride the first one to get two of them covered to get to the short round. How how much time do you guys spend together? Could a lot. You, you and Coop live We live about close. 35, 40 minutes from each other. What do you think he's done to, to your career? Uh, well, it's not reflecting none as of right now because, you know, I'm 26th or 7th right, in the world. Whatever. But yeah. whatever that is. But he don't know how much he's helped me from a day-to-day basis to be able to show up and want to give it my all every single freaking time. Yeah, You know, at the beginning of this year, I had a couple bulls at the beginning of this year that I did not like that were terrible and even if i did ride them i was going to be 84 85 points on and not even get any points or no money or whatever in the first round and i would literally show up i wouldn't even do anything i'd put my spurs on time on go through the intros and i would want to just get it over with like i'd want to ride him if i rode him great if not oh well and that is the world's worst attitude you could ever possibly have in the sport that we do And, and, and it's crazy to think that that's a thing but it's a thing we we have this talk in our locker room too. Um, that when we were coming up, and I can I, I can bet that when you were at the IFYR in Shawnee, Oklahoma, you would see the PBR on TV and say, "Man, I would give anything to anything. have that opportunity." And then then we get an opportunity, and we take it for granted sometimes. You know, two weeks later after I won Shawnee, it was my first event. Where at Atlantic City, New Jersey? Really. I, I do remember it because Cooper rode smooth operator that yep. weekend. I literally, I won Shawnee. I come in that locker room thinking I was a bad somebody. Oh, I remember. Anyone, anyone that wins Shawnee, right? You're you're kind of the real it's deal. It's the biggest youth rodeo uh, in, in the country. Not I, even I really like. I mean, you. Everyone's like international youth. Yeah, you know, international yeah. finals. If, you, for people that don't know, people that aren't in, in our world, it's the international finals youth rodeo yeah um Oklahoma, big outdoor it's hot as hell it is the best kids in the country that are 18 years and younger yep that come to try to win the biggest event like i mean i guess the only thing that would kind of be as equivalent to it or a little bit over it because of you know the accolades that you have to acquire when you do win it is high school nationals right but, but that's the only thing that can kind of compare to it. Yeah, <laughs> and and I kind of teeter on which is which is bigger because I've I've been to both, and I think that look at the end of the day, it, it depends on what stocks there, what you got to go through, well, yeah. and things like that. But um, and it's a thousand degrees at the IFYR oh my in, goodness. in July. If you draw up in a morning perf, <laughs> it is just draining. There's a good chance it's going to rain. <laughs> There's a good shot you're riding in the mud. Yeah. There's a good shot that. You know, you're probably probably shouldn't say this, but you're hung over from the night before. Oh my gosh! At the freaking day, you mean, you mean there's underage kids in in the world right now that that 
drink and they're not 21? No, not at all. I don't believe that at all. I don't believe all. it either. I don't, I don't <laughs> believe that at all. Um, when you walked in the locker room in Atlantic City, what what was it like? I mean, did you did you know some of the guys, or were you kind of? I knew Jess Lockwood <laughs> That's, from, from Youth Rodeo. I knew Jess. Like that was it. I met Jess at his first Velocity Finals. Okay, gotcha. Because I went there with Cody Johnson, and that was the first time I ever met Jess. He was the coolest dude in the whole world. The real Cody Johnson. Yeah. The bull rider. The bull rider. Yeah. <laughs> from is it Kaufman, Texas? Yep. Kaufman. Man, random. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's. That's who I, that was my mentor pretty much when I was 14. Yeah. He took me in, kind of showed me the basics, how to ride rank bulls, and it literally changed my whole career around. What, what, I mean, I know what happened to him. I I mean, I know that he started lifting weights and got massive. Yeah. Did he go into bodybuilding or? or? Uh, well, he kind of had some hip problems. Okay. That, yeah. He had surgery. I gotcha. It didn't work, but I gotcha. I just don't think that, you know, there towards the end, I don't think he wanted to ride. Checked out. So, yeah. you know, he just, he was doing it because I was doing it and I was there at his house with him. That's cool though. Yeah. And I really do, you know, I couldn't thank him enough for what he has done for me in my career because it did get me to the level that I'm at now to start stepping higher. Yeah. And I don't know. When I first met Cody, he was the rankest dude I thought I'd ever seen. And I think he won and, Springfield, Missouri one year. And yeah, I think, he did. I think he went, you know, all the way through the weekend and just lights out. And I went, man, look out. Because he's, yeah. I think it was Springfield. He just wanted to be home. You know, I don't he blame had a, him. He had a wife and a kid. And mm-hmm. At that time, one. Now he's got two. Right. And, you know, that wife at the time and Presley, they were his world. And he wanted to do nothing I but be there with them. And people, that, I think that's kind of where it started because I don't think his hip hurt him as bad as he says. He just wanted to be at home. Dude, leaving home hurts. It's terrible, man. It's hard. And people yeah. people underestimate. They look, trust me, I get it all the time. It's like, oh, you're in this city, you're in that city, your life's a big vacation. No. When you travel as much as, as we do, getting home is... It's the best feeling in the oh, world. Oh, <laughs> it's so good. And I think Cody... Before he had Presley, mm-hmm. Cody was the rankest dude yeah. like that could contend for a world title. He was supposed to be the new next big thing. But once you have a kid, man, that's your kid. That's your little one. You want to be home. You want Priorities be, change. Exactly. And he still wanted to win a world title. That is because he talked about it every single day that we were together. There's a difference between wanting to do something and being willing to sacrifice all the things you have to sacrifice in order to make those things happen. And he'll tell you. And that's not a negative thing no. whatsoever. That's no. just the nuts and bolts of yeah. it is like, this is a selfish sport. He'll tell you, I wanted to be home, man. I wanted to be home more than anything. Yeah. He would go to the events and, and it, it it's crazy to me because with him going to them events, not wanting to be there, still how good he did. There's another, there's other guys like that that yeah. are still going right now. Yeah, that when they are locked in, very well could be the best in the world. Oh my goodness! But they're also vocal that sometimes they just don't want to be here. Yeah, it's a hard sport to not be fully committed to. Yeah, and be successful. Oh yeah. Um. So you 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 meet meet up with Cody at around fourteen. 14. Prior to that, where did you start? Well, I mean, when when did you get the bull riding bug? Or is that when it was? Were you getting on before that? I've been riding since I was four. Okay. Yeah. So, like a lot of guys, sheep, calves, sheep, steers, calves all the way steers, all the way up. Who put you on first? My dad. Your dad? 
Did, did your dad come from this world? Oh, was my he? dad rode bulls. Uh, all the, my dad rode bulls all the way up until three years ago. He finally retired. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh yeah. How old is your dad? Uh, forty-five. Really? So he's not that old. No, I think he's actually. He's no. I think he just turned. Listen 46. to me, damn it. He's not. No, that old. I think he actually just turned forty-six. The clo- the old every year. Man, I used to think forty, fifty was so old. It ain't that bad anymore. It ain't that. <laughs> it ain't that far away. The closer yeah. I get to it, the younger it feels. But. Um, okay, so he's he's still young. Oh yeah. My dad tells me every time I fall off, You sure you don't want me to come do it for you? <laughs> really? I know he could too. The only thing is is he probably couldn't get up and get away from him as fast <laughs> as he used to. Yeah, it ain't age the riding and gravity part of it. It's not, the, it's not the riding part of it. It's the hitting the ground and the age he's got on him now. He can't get up. <laughs> that's that's funny. Does that kind of fuel you? I mean, yeah, like it, knowing they you know, it pisses me off. Really? Yeah. Because I want to tell him sometimes, all right, old man, come on. Yeah. <laughs> but it scares me to death because he's old school. Yeah. That some buckle tie his hand in there. Dirty and tough. Put his feet down there to where they're going to stay and not quit until they either knock him out off of him or he just gets slammed. We we say that's that's old school and that's kind of an old school mentality of thinking. And, and like J-Dub will say those kinds of things. But My but dad and J-Dub are a lot alike. But at what point in this sport or in life did that become old school? Yeah. Instead of just should, being the way. It should still be the way. Like, like I, I don't, again, I don't understand that. And there's so much money, you know, and, and maybe it's a, oh, I can get them next weekend for twenty or 30000 I'm not sure when that started, but it's kind of starting to become a regular thing. It needs to kind of get back to that old school mentality, you think? How about not, oh, you have tomorrow, you have tomorrow, you got next weekend. No, start right now. Yeah, but... And again, that's that's so easy. But if you get cut from tour, you don't have tomorrow. And you know, that, like that's the it's, the thing that I that's think the when guys lining, yeah, when guys get cut, you see them get hungry. When they get cut, I I think it's nine out of ten times when you get cut, you win that first velocity mm-hmm. you go to, and every you're time right I back. Feel like every time, every I time feel someone like. gets cut, they go win that first velocity that yeah. they get back to, and then they're right back up here. What do you think you would be doing if you weren't riding bulls? Besides, okay, let's, if let's I pretend that jail is not in the equation, yeah. right? <laughs> not going to jail. Uh, no, I'm kidding, by the way. Uh, what do you What do you think you'd be doing? If bull riding didn't work out for me, I would have resorted back to baseball. Really? Yeah. And, and tried it? Pitching? And catching, yeah. And catching? I mean, I was a... You're small to be a catcher. I was a pitcher, catcher, switch hitter, switch hitter and um, I kind of don't like talking about it a bunch, but... Miss it? I got a gun. <laughs> I mean, I I carry with me everywhere I go. I can I mean, fire it. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I was gonna say my wife's a former cop. I carry yeah. a gun on me oh, yeah. everywhere I go. <laughs> Man, I like. I don't mean to sound like an idiot right. when I say that, but I could, yeah. I could hum it and get it there from I home mean, plate. It, it, yeah. You're not being braggadocious. No, it's just, I'm just like, that's like reality. That was what got me as far as I did? Yeah. Was I can, I could hit it in the pop time from when the glove or from when the ball hit my glove to firing it off. Yeah. Didn't fit my age. Yeah. Go to pitch. What is it? Oh, curveball. Really? Yeah. I can I don't know if I can throw it anymore, but back then I We're had a sidearm to... curveball that could <laughs> it was pretty dirty. Ooh, yeah, that's oh, nasty my elbow from down uh, there. It it was close to having to really get looked at. Do you have problems with it now? Oh yeah. Really? It don't really bother me riding, but if I throw anything like yeah. The other day when I rode on busted and threw my helmet, my elbow was sore for three days after that. 
<laughs> Wait, you threw your helmet? Yeah, I hummed it. <laughs> you uh, That was a dumb move on my part. Really? Because I yeah. don't see you making dumb moves ever. Oh, uh, yeah, I think you're fine. <laughs> Let's just, we'll <laughs> get it out of the way. Uh, Pendleton, was that your first year? My God, yeah. Okay, but but I mean, now I look back at it and I laugh hysterically every time I think about it. That was my it. second event. Was it really? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I just remember, like, I remember everybody talking about Mason and how good he's going to be and, and seeing, like, damn, this, you know, kid's got talent. Yeah. I'd seen videos and stuff like that. And and I don't, you're going to have to help me. I just remember being really mad at you, like, to the point where I wanted to wring your neck, but yeah. I don't remember what happened. That was the first time I think me and you had ever met. Okay. And... I got, I was, I think I was 87 in the long round. Solid. Like I was, like, yeah. I mean, me and Derek were sitting one and two. Yeah. Come back in the short round. And, and this Derek, is Pendleton or Yeah. Pendleton PBR. Yeah, the Pendleton yep. roundup PBR. Yeah. So. Big deal. Um, I was sitting second, I think, and Derek was winning it. And we come back and had two really good bulls drawn. And his bull had his day and he rode the heck out of him. And my bull kind of. Took off. Squirted off. Squirted out there and went to going back and forth and bounced off the panels. And I was still riding him. In about seven seconds, my hand come out of the rope and he bucked me off. And, and that's I where the story a, starts. That I was a mad little blonde haired white boy at that how, point. <laughs> how, ma- how mad were you? There was, I bet you I turned green. I could have turned into the Hulk for a second. Mad enough to throw your bolt. Was it your rope? Oh, yeah. Or your helmet? No, it was my rope. Mad enough to throw your I remember now. Yeah. Mad enough to throw your rope and your bell yeah. busted a hole in the wall. Well, as big as that bull was, my rope was not that big at the time, you know, because right. it was still I just come from getting on high school bulls. Right. So right. you know, I had same rope, I rode the same rope for three years and it was let all the way out. Like I had to put my bell on the body of my rope. Like it was let all the way out. Well, when I slammed it on the ground and I threw it at my bag, it was led all the way out. And when my handle and tail hit the ground, it just like kind of whipped it up. And when it did, it put about a six inch bell puncture in the wall. It literally, my bell went perfectly in the wall and right back out. Oh my gosh. It wasn't six inches long and it wasn't an inch and a half wide. And you had liked to have thought that I torn Pendleton down to the ground. Well, okay, <laughs> to be fair, that, that locker room... Is not a, a typical locker room. There, it, it's no, it's a half-ass ballroom kind of. Yeah, like it, I mean, it's, it's a really nice facility. Yeah, it's, it's a really nice setup. They're gracious enough for years to let us go in there, and they 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 make it work. They it utilize is one their of the facilities. coolest events that Absolutely. I've ever been to, other than Big Sky. And so. so I don't see any of this. The report that comes back to me is um, essentially, and I'll I'll paraphrase here, but that little bastard put a hole in the wall, literally, and. I'm very proud that we were continuing to go to Pendleton, and I just I remember seeing you the next day, and I, I don't remember exactly the words, but having kind of a big brother moment, like yeah, you kind of like, I'll kill you. You kind of gave me shit. the yeah. I don't. I gave me the tough love treatment oh, <laughs> a little bit, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I remember thinking, well, write that one off the list. There's there's one that hates me from now on, no. but. I gotta say, I, I and I, this is where I turned a corner with you is because I'm I ripped your ass pretty good. Yeah, and you said yes, sir. Yeah, and that was it. I knew I was wrong, and and I appreciated that. Yeah, very much. Um, because at the end of the day, I'm an announcer. Yeah, whatever. 
But we uh, couldn't do it without you. But you know? <laughs> like it shows it shows how much both of us care. Yeah. And I, I think that there's learning moments like that. Like, hey. I needed to get woke up because and, and I was I needed notorious. to learn that you could take it. I was notorious back then for losing my temper if yep. I fell off. That's yep. why everyone knew me. Yep. They said, Man, this guy rides this kid rides really good and he could probably go somewhere, but what's gonna set him back is his temper. And I remember people saying that and saying, Well, you know, he's he's got all the talent in the world and then I see it firsthand and I'm like, I don't want you to fall into that what everybody's yeah. saying. Yeah. I want you to learn from it, fix it, and then go be great. Yeah. Because I don't because I'm a fan. And so, anyways, yeah, it was cool. We came out on the other side, and I think that we both understood. You understood how you passionate come out, I you're was. You're allowed back. What? <laughs> I'll Are be you reti- still banned? I'll be, Are you still banned? I'll be retired by the time I'm allowed back in that arena. <laughs> uh, just change your name. Start going by your middle name yeah, or something. Yeah, Gary They'll Taylor. Never Who's know. that? <laughs> They'll never know. Oh, that's you funny. You should have heard that committee call that Monday morning. Oh, the all mad, that, mad. Oh, that committee dude cussed me up one side <laughs> and down another. Uh, but you know what? You, you, like I said, you you learned from it and you you accepted it, and you said, "Okay, I, you know, there we go. We yeah. we can fix that." And that was a big turning point in my career to be like, "Look, you're at the highest level now. You're going to have to learn how to lose." So I mean, that was the biggest thing is why I got so mad is because, like I said, prior to baseball, right. I hate losing. Do you ever? Do you know who Michael Chandler is? The UFC fighter? Um, That's crazy because I watch a bunch of UFC. So Michael Chandler just fought for the title, lost. He was a Bellator champ multiple times. I got to get him on this podcast. He's an incredible, not just an incredible athlete or fighter, but he's incredible. He's an incredible mind. Yeah. And he talks a lot about suffering some of the losses and how mentally he... I challenge you to go watch a bunch of Michael Chandler YouTube okay. videos. Like I, I really do. I think I think you can take that and just run with it because he talks about how to um, extreme ownership and things like that, like accepting a loss or accepting defeat or yep. accepting not being exactly what you wanted to to accomplish and and how you learn that and move forward. Um, I, I just yeah, I think he's he's so good at being able to. Uh, to speak on those those types of things because and I'll it's definitely not easy. go watch him, but because of the way that my dad taught me and definitely Cody, mm-hmm. losing was not okay. Right, it's not. They it's, it's they not. told me every every time I nodded my head, you know, every time I would get in the buck and shoot, Cody would say to me, "How bad do you want it?" Yeah, and I'd tell him as bad as I can breathe. Right, and there was no excuse to why whatever I was on should buck me off, and that was great to an extent. Yeah. But it kind of hurt me in the long run because of it didn't really hurt me. It just had to I had to go through a learning phase of being able to take stuff with a grain of salt because it's not just bull riding. It's life. If I don't get something that I want. I'm liable to almost fly off the handle. You have a hard time controlling your emotions. Yes. Yes. Without a doubt. Do you I mean, do you do anything? Have you ever thought about like, okay hear me out but like do you think about meditate or, or yoga or anything well, I just like go that? by myself just like just get I, away from if, everybody if i know that i'm about to lose it yep. you gotta leave me alone that's how I am. let me walk off let me go cool off i'll come back apologize and we'll go on like nothing ever happened do you do you think about it or is it gone i don't know like it's gone like for me like M- megan hates the fact that like if something really makes me mad 
or if, if you and I get in a fight about yeah. something, five minutes from now, I won't be able to tell you what it was. Literally. I, that's I, me. Because I, I just get past it. I yeah. got to get through it, but then I get through it, I get past it, and I forget about it. That's me. Like, if you give me just five minutes, yep. but if I'm about to lose it, and you come and you keep pestering, get out of the way. pestering and keep pestering, I'm going to turn into the Hulk, and I'm about to lose my mind. That's... Like, <laughs> But a lot of us don't know how to deal with that. People yeah. never find out how to deal with it. But knowing that yeah. makes it so much easier. Yeah. So and that's been the biggest, probably the biggest, you know, part of my learning being in this, you know, career that I've yeah. got just starting. Yeah. Is being able to take it with a grain of salt and really not worry about it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Which is hard to do sometimes. Oh, okay. I always get I get nervous when we get, we get an audience, and I don't know yeah. what's going on. I'm also nervous because this game is this 10 game to is 10. getting pretty intense. It's ten it's to ten right now. I'm it's sweating, the, man. Almost halftime. Got it. Less than a minute left. Oh, I'm sweating. <laughs> it's OU and Kansas State. For goodness sakes, Which, Kansas State shouldn't even yeah. be playing close. No, to the number six rank. That scares me a little bit because OU that's started. Why, that's that's what happened. Did you see that flag? That was offsides on defense. OU. Oh, you started number two in a country, and then they were number four. Now they're number six, and they just keep they'd still, They're winning, but they're barely winning, man. They'd still be dominating if Bob Stoops was there. Okay, <laughs> I, I will say this. I played for Bob Stoops. Really? Not a lot of people know that. Yeah, oh, I actually played dang. for Bob Stoops. Won the, won the title for Bob Stoops. It was a uh, charity celebrity softball game, and <laughs> Bob was our coach. Really? Yeah, and... One of the coolest guys ever. Yeah. Like, never said anything about the game or anything like that, but when he walks into the room, there's a presence about that guy, and you want to you want to do well. Yeah. Because he's in the room. For sure. Uh, really, really cool. Do you have people that, like, you want to meet? Because for me, Stoops is one of them. Switzer was one of them. And uh, when he walked in the room, I was like, I kind of fangirled a little <laughs> bit. Do you have people like that, or have you had people like that that you got to meet? Because we get we see a lot of random people in this career. Man, I'm kind of a like, you know, I when I grew up, I really didn't pay much of nothing, but I've really grown to where, like, Conor McGregor. Yeah, I'm yeah. a huge yeah. like. If I got to meet that guy, I've not really fangirled a lot in my life, other yeah. than when I was 16 and got to meet Cooper for the first time. Really? I kind of fangirled at that, but really? other than Cooper, like if I got to meet Conor McGregor, I would probably lose my mind. Well, Cooper <laughs> really is kind of our Conor McGregor. I mean, God he's is. kind of brash, has a big tattoo on his chest. Tattoo, freaking knows he's a bad sunbuck. <laughs> I've tried to get Cooper. I've tried to get Cooper to do interviews like that, where he was just like. Or was it Richard Sherman that said, I'm just here so I don't get fined? <laughs> or, you know, just, just yeah. be just the NASCAR be the bad guy. guy. I watched that. Just, the just be the bad guy. Be be the jerk, you know, just um and that's the funny he ain't got thing it in him to do it publicly. No. <laughs> if it's just me and him out on the golf course, oh, you'd never you'd never see that side of Coop. How competitive is the golf course with you? Oh, guys? good night, dude. Is it bad? It's not really, you know, when we're just, it's me and him. Yeah. But if we got people with us, oh, you ought to hear some of the freaking trash talk we say. Like, the, the, does he talk a lot of smack? Oh, the other day I had an eagle putt and I looked at him and he was talking crap. I said, hey, at least I got an eagle putt. And he said, yeah, and about time I let you win at something. <laughs> like, he just, like, he's, well, that's heartless. he's a quick witted. That's heartless. Like, yeah, he's, he's kind of heartless on that. <laughs> he's a quick witted. Is he good? Cooper's really good at golf. Really? Yeah. Because I keep hearing that about you. I mean, 
What was was there a tweet or something that that said something about Mason Taylor, pro bull rider or pro golfer? It the other was day? the Humps and Horns magazine. Oh, is that is that what it was? Yeah. Is that what it was? What's the story, man? Because everybody keeps talking about how good you are on the golf course. I'm infatuated with golf. You love it, dude. I literally, it's on the TV in my hotel room right now. Okay, that like we, we need to get you on the couch to <laughs> talk about your dream. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but it it takes a really unique version of a psychopath to watch I'm golf f- on TV. I'm a fan, man. Like I watch I'm watching the LGP uh the LPGA right now. Careful. Careful what yeah. letters you Sorry. put together. The LPGA right now like I'm watching, you know, it and then women's I watch golf? Yeah. Like I'll watch it all. And honestly, I like watching women's golf better than men's golf. Them women don't hit a bad shot. Okay, do like, you watch I mean, it like studying their shots, or do you watch it because you think it's exciting to watch golf? I just like watching. You just golf. like golf. I mean, I'm literally. I mean, I'm a nerd. A nerd oh. about golf. <laughs> I'm a nerd about golf. I mean, on my phone, I watch all these different types of guys. Like, just you know how to perfect your swing. Do all this. What ball should I use? All this swing speed. All this. I'm literally like. Where does this come from? Man, it's kind of a family thing. Like, my mom is a nerd about golf, too, but she can't swing a club to save her life. Did you dye your hair? No. It looks super, super blonde. Man, I've been golfing without a hat on. Okay. Oh, okay. That <laughs> that explains so much. So, okay, so golf comes from? Family. Her. Yeah. Um, Like, my mom's side, for dang sure, yeah. my... I just know him as Uncle Mike. I never got to meet him. He died before I was born, but he was a, like, never made it on the TV cuts of golf, but played in the tournaments to make the cut. Like, he gotcha. was really good. Yep. And um, my mom loved golf. And so just growing up, you know, mom was always watching golf, always loved it, always wanted to do it. And my dad take me to the driving range and stuff like that. But I never really got serious about it until – I started playing again like three years ago. Okay, and so about about the same time your bull riding about career the same off? time because that's the only thing that that's the only outlet that I can find to where I can absolutely just go get away from bull riding. Good point. I found something that takes my mind just as much focus to hit a good shot for eighteen for eighteen holes in a round of golf that it does for me to nod my head and give it all I got. But it gives you time away from your brain being on this sport yeah because i think way too much about bull riding really i watch it like obsessive like i literally i'm just a fan man like i'm a fan of bull riding i'm a fan and i love watching other guys ride rank bulls Mm -hmm. like i mean i've got jim sharp Justin mcbride on tape at home that i watch too much caitlin tells me are you ever going to turn bull riding off like yeah. And that's why I watch golf as much as I do because it's it's one or the two. I don't watch nothing else. It's golf or bull riding. Yeah. And I know that's two completely different sides of a spectrum, but No, but it's a it's a balance. But it's here, a balance. here's the thing. If you're so hyper focused on something and you find something to take your brain away from it yeah. every once in a while, I think that's a healthy thing. Yeah. Um, I used to be that way. I used to, I would go to the events on the weekends and then I would go home and I would watch the TV coverage of it. Rarely do I, I watch it again now because I'm there and, yeah. and like my fandom hasn't changed at all. Like yeah. I'm still a fan and, and to the point where, you know, I had Adriana on this podcast that we yeah. did like two episodes or whatever. And I still have to stop myself and go, yeah. Like I'm friends with 
these guys that I just would buy a ticket and go watch bull riding yep. before I ever got this job. Like I was just a guy that loved the sport and it's, it's easy to do, but to your point, like I, I don't catch myself doing it much anymore because yeah. I, I have to take myself out of it. Cause if, if, if I got fully immersed in it, like, okay, I, I would stress about things. Too oh much. yeah. That's why, that's why I did start getting pretty serious about golf and going to the driving range and spending eight nine hours at a golf course because i like would in a day oh yeah every day <laughs> i wouldn't spend eight or nine hours in a golf course in 2020 yeah that's a that's a really good point i would spend that much time in the gym yeah. so yeah i guess i guess everybody's got their thing it's just i can finally like i mean i really don't give a give a crap about what i draw like left or right whether they're, I don't know when that started this year, I guess. And I couldn't, I didn't know how to, you know, mm-hmm. fix it. Because yeah. I would be like, I'd start hearing all these guys in the locker room. Oh, this bull, you know, this bull sucks. I don't want to get on him. He, he's, you know, terrible. Right. And they'd come back in there and be like, well, that sucked. And then they'd laugh and go on about it. And I was like, maybe that's how they freaking get over yeah, not winning. Yeah. You know, it's. They just say the bull sucks, you know. When it's always it's, somebody it's, else's fault. It's his job to Even if, buck you off. But but okay, like, I had this conversation last weekend with a guy, and he was having that same same thing. Man, he really sucked. And I said, "Yeah, and if you would have made it eight seconds, you would have got a rewrite." Yeah, but you didn't. I didn't. Was that you? It was me. I know. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but I mean, I was it, like, man, that bull was freaking terrible. Yep. Yeah, he ran and took off running. But you still got. But if I would have rode him eight seconds, do you know what the re-ride was? Yeah, safety meeting. Yeah, and I'd exactly. Have, if I'd have rode him, you'd likely to win the round. Yep. It is their job to buck you off. It is not their job to buck is nice and easy so you can get a score. And, and hey, a guy that throws hundred mile an hour fastball is going to show up, be a little sore, a little slow, and he might be throwing eighty nine miles an hour. Exactly. You still got to hit it. Exactly. You know, I mean, it's not what you're expecting or vice yeah. versa, but you got to go out there and do yeah. your job. And no I'm not what. sure when I got into that. And so I'm, get out of it. I'm out of it. Yeah. I'm so tired of freaking showing up on the weekends and being in the position I'm in. Yeah. 20 something in the world. I know that I'm better than that. And yeah. I know that it just, it literally fuels my fire and makes me so mad to the point that I don't like being home right now. I'm ready to get to the event that weekend and go stay on. Do you think it's a fine line, not just in bull riding, but maybe in just success in general? Because I do. I think there's a fine line between being so focused on greatness and not caring to the point where you can just relax and go be great. Yeah. And I don't know sometimes how you guys find that line. Do you, do you think there is? There's do you think def- both of those are important? There's definitely a line. I mean, when I'm riding my best and you can't buck me off nothing, which I've had spurts right. on yep. this tour to where I've went four or five weeks in a row riding two out of three every single weekend. Yeah. You know, gone eight, nine, ten events with getting yeah. bucked off two, three bulls. And when I'm riding my best, when I'm riding like that, is when I just show up here and I let my body react. Right. I do what it knows how to do. I quit th- freaking thinking and i quit looking up what the bulls are going to do these last couple weeks dude i haven't looked up a single bull because <laughs> like, you're confident in what you I, do i know that my body i've done it enough now to where my body's going to react when i nod whether i want it to or not mm-hmm. it's gonna react because i mean 
if you're thinking when that gate bust open and when they're freaking bucking right there, you're already bucked off. You've conditioned yourself. It's just like throwing the 100-mile-an-hour fastball you're talking about. Yeah. A major league pitcher has thrown a two-seam fastball a million times, mm-hmm. and when he grabs a hold of them seams, he's not like, just okay, I've got to pull it this far. I have to take a step this big. I've got to follow through this much. No. Yep. He puts it in there, and he cocks back, and he throws it because he's got confidence in where it's going to go. Yep. It's just what you do. It's what you do. Repetition over and over. It's what you do for a living. You've already, you're at the highest level. If we were still working on the mechanics of bull riding, we wouldn't be here right now. Yeah. That's a really good point. Like, if you weren't skilled enough, you you wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here. Yeah. So, in the last couple weeks, I've let a couple bulls get by me, but I'm starting to feel good and starting to look kind of like my old self again. I've rode some bulls that, were really good, and I bucked off some bulls that I really shouldn't have. But I'm not going to let it get me down because, guess what? That's already over with. I can't think about it no more. I got one tonight that's really good that I can win the round on. So I just go up there, nod, slide up there, and do what I know how to do. If you don't if you don't ride your bull tonight, I'm probably going to like hit you <laughs> where it hurts. Yeah. Um, and I say that. i never ridden a bull in my entire life. Never will either. Yeah. I'm confident in saying that. Um, be honest. Is the pit boss really living up to the hype? No. You can't say that. You're talking about me, right? No, 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 no. I mean, oh, like the actual... you call me the pit boss himself okay, all the time. Okay, that's funny. Yeah. Because I didn't know you knew that. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've heard in the really? videos you've called me the pit boss himself is looking like himself at okay, this park and stuff. Because, because I remember when you... Because, okay, obviously you got a, an endorsement deal by the pit boss. Oh, the grill itself grill. Yeah. is, yes. Legit? It literally makes me look like I can cook and I can't cook a lick. I remember, uh, yeah. and I was like... Man, I don't know what I'm gonna say, and I was like, "Mr. Pit Boss himself, or whatever." Yeah. And your agent was standing right next to me, and he looked at me, and he had a beer in his hand. He was like, "Hell yeah, that's yeah. awesome!" And so, like, I just so that's never, why I thought I had you no were referring idea you to knew. me right there. No, I mean, I've not no. lived up to is, the, is the this pit year. boss the, the the grill? Is it is it legit? The grill is awesome. I man. see. I see you and Coop talking about them all the time, dude. Like, really? Honestly, I didn't realize that. It can be easy because growing up, we had like just a regular old charcoal grill right. that yeah, you oh had yeah. to oh sit yeah. right there and oh you yeah. had to make sure you set a timer and flipped it and did all this, you know, cut into it, make sure it's cooked all the way. Man, with the pit boss or whatever, you can literally set that thing to the temperature that you want, open the lid, stick it in there, set a timer on your phone, and when you come back and flip it, it's it's done. It's done. Like, I mean, you can cook it both sides, take it out, and it's it's just easy. It literally is for people that cannot cook, I bet. I Man. Mean, because like, it's made me right look like I can, it's made me look like I can cook. That's a that's a Willie Robertson deal, right? The Duck Dynasty guy? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's cool. Um, those guys would be fun to hang out with. Oh right man, there. if I got to meet Cy Robertson, yes. I actually, I actually hung out with Uncle Cy one really? night in Nashville. Yeah, that's awesome. really it, it, it. Was really different than what you see on TV. Like he's very, very genuine, um, polite gentleman. Really, he he was awesome. He was super. I'd like super to meet sweet. Jace too. Yeah, like, like those are the guys I, I kind of just want to just hang out with. They just act like good. I want to go duck hunting with them. I see. I'm not a hunter. You're a big hunter. I'm not a big hunter. You're not. No. Uh, no. Cooper's gonna take me deer hunting. Yeah. This would be the 
Third time ever in my life, I've never shot a buck before. I've I've never shot a deer. Yeah, me either. I've, uh, I, I went on an elk hunt, and I've man, I've dreamed about that big dude every every night. Yeah, since uh, since I lost him a couple years ago, but um, I I would I would love it. it's hard to find time. Yeah, and, and like like where Cooper he makes time. That's that's one of his passions. In his life. stuff revolves around hunting season. Like, I bet you we don't play golf for the next. However long hunting season is, you act heartbroken about that. Oh, I am. I ain't you gonna have buddy to get a new going golfing out buddy or yeah, what? I, yeah, I mean, does anybody else? Does anybody else in the locker room play golf that you yeah. love? Austin really? uh, Richardson, he plays golf. Man, he's a cool little kid. Yeah, he's a cool I little keep kid. I grew up with kid. him. Yeah. Really? He's a little kid. He's your age. Yeah. No, he's well. Yeah, yeah I guess he's a he's year younger than you. Yeah, he's a year younger than me. But I he, always think of him as little Austin because yeah. you know when we grew up, he was so much littler than all of us were. Yeah. Like he was, I think when we were. 14, 15, he was five foot and weighed like 110 pounds. And now he's 21 and he's like, now five he's 21, foot five, and two, and weighs 120 pounds, you know? <laughs> he, uh, but, but I was watching the other day and on social media, like he was working out in the gym. And that was kind of the talk after he posted that video. Like, I remember going to the locker room and everybody being like, little Hercules over here. Like, he's a ripped up little man. Up. And, and now it's like, yeah. you pat him on the back and you're like, oh crap. Like, yeah. he's, he's, he's all solid. there, dude. Yeah, he's solid. He's, uh, but what, he, he plays golf, and then um, Keyshawn. Keyshawn yeah. plays golf. Yeah. And he's fun. Keyshawn's fun to play with. Really? Yeah. He, he seems like he's always happy. He's always happy. Like, I mean, you can, hit a, being you, can, you can hit a bad shot, and yeah. he's literally going to laugh at you, and then you can't help but start laughing, and you're like, ah, all right, whatever. <laughs> I hit a bad shot. Yeah, let's keep going. That Keyshawn, he's a good guy. He's a really good <laughs> yeah. guy. Uh, there's a lot of good guys in the lo- I say that every time. There's a lot of good guys in the locker room right Man, now. Man, I say that we're that there's a bunch of us that golf, but in reality, there's really not. Like, there's probably four or five of us. Yeah. That do golf. Which, when you talk about a room like 35 Cowboys, and you find four or five guys that golf, I feel like that's a lot. It is a lot. I feel like that's a lot it's in a this, lot in this demographic. Think, yeah. I don't know, man. They say that all the big business gets done. I kind of wanted course. to start like a. Not a YouTube channel, but you know, start making some videos and posting them on social media called Bull Riders and Bogies. Why don't you? I don't know. I think it'd be pretty cool. Cooper, gotta, come up with that name. I got a, I got an idea. Don't don't say that. I'll I'll delete that part out of the podcast okay. <laughs> so you can copyright it, yeah. trademark it, whatever. Trademark it. <laughs> um, get you some T-shirts made. Yeah. I got a I got a YouTube idea that I think would be fun. Kind of. Yeah. I'll we'll talk about it after yeah. we get done. Heck yeah. But uh, um, man, that's cool. So what 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 what's next? Like, what do you uh? What's your goals? Like moving for this, forward. Moving forward. Yep. Man, I know we've only got four events left and then the world finals. Oh, but, but there's a big one in Vegas. There though. is a big one. I would like to be able to finish in the top five this year. Okay. I know I can't catch Jose. It's already there's two guys that can catch him. Right. And I'm not one of them. Right. So I can tell myself, look, there's really no pressure because you're not in a world title race right now. Yeah. I can just go these next couple of weeks, do what I love, have fun, do my job, most importantly, and get to Vegas, have a great finals, and I would love to finish. That's my goal this year is to finish in the top five. Okay, do it. Because from fifth place to where I'm at, really not that big of a gap. Yeah. Not if you ride. It's not. And, not and you, you get frustrated on. about where you're at in the world standings. I get frustrated for you. Yeah. Because I look at you and I'm like, man, you know, okay, talent has you way higher up the world standings. Yeah. But at the end of and the I day, know that I was out this year for nine weeks with my collarbone I had to have surgery on it stuff like that yeah 
but that's no excuse. I missed nine events. Yeah, but we've got, what, 32 of them? Right. There's no excuse why I should be where I'm at. Leads me to, and we won't dive too deep into it yet, but a big announcement not too long ago about yeah. next year. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Are you? Oh, man, I'm chomping at the bits. On I a short season? That- or... uh the the six months the or five months, months, whatever it is, but like the condensed season. I think that it's gonna be great because instead of having two or three guys in a world title conversation, yeah. you cut the season in half yeah. and we're gonna be in Fort Worth now. Yeah. At our world finals and just in your own bed. Yeah. In six months. Now you're talking about ten or twelve guys being in a world title race and it is anybody's game. That's cool. And I love that. I love a challenge. I love to where yeah, you've got to go stay on. It's your job. I think that yep. that's going to do nothing but elevate the everyone in the locker room to start riding better because, I mean, with it being that short of a season, you have no time to screw up. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that's, that's it's gonna, pressure's on from day that's one. Gonna, it's going to literally make everybody start riding to a higher standard, and I think that ain't going to do nothing but make for better TV and for fans of bull riding. You know, and i got to be honest, that's that's something I hadn't really thought about because now we live in a, a structure where a guy can do pretty good in the first quarter, maybe win an event in the first half of the year, and, and it keeps him close enough that he really, you know, kind of just has it locked in. Yeah. When you come out and everybody's guns blaze in January 1 or whatever that date is, the beginning of the season, you don't have time to get cut and try to fight your way back <laughs> up and, and yeah. go to the touring pros all summer long and rely on the second half. Those so days are over. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good point. Like Which, that's you know that's cool. You might have just changed my thinking a little bit uh, about that. I mean. Because that's interesting. That was my first initial thoughts when they said our season's getting condensed down. Yeah. Bring it on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because I ride better under pressure. Right. I ride better under someone being like, you've got to go do. You're right. There's no excuse. I'm going to tie my hand in there, and I'm about to ride whatever you run under me. I always say that, like, the beginning of the season, like, those first two to three events yeah. and the finals, those are my favorite events because the beginning of the year, man, anybody can yeah. be the number one bull rider in the world. And I don't know, but I'm saying if you jump out and win the first event and you're the number one guy on the planet, what does that do for a guy's confidence? Oh, you know? God, yeah. Like, that's game changer. And then I love the finals because when you get to Vegas, Fort Worth next year, whatever, hope it has the same atmosphere and the same energy and everything. But when you get to Vegas, you kind of forget about the world title race when we yeah. get there. Because it's so big and there's so much going on and there's so much money for anybody to win. When you're winning in one round what you can a weekend, (laughs) in one single round. I don't get that much of a pay increase. Well, I mean, the finals is what everybody freaking aims for because you can go in there and you can place in two rounds and make what you've made the whole season leading up. Right. And that does nothing but put a big smile on my face because when you're in, I mean, first of all, I'm a big gambler. I like gambling really? in Vegas. What's your What's your game? Blackjack. Uh, me too. I like blackjack. I love blackjack. I could sit too. there on a hundred bucks on a five dollar table and have just as much fun. Same. Doing that as if I was at a high roller room doing it and spending a whole bunch of money. Every t- I set down two hundred bucks and that's that's that's, that's what I got. That's yep. what we're doing. So when you're in Vegas and you can go out and have fun with your family, you my my mom loves blackjack. 
So me and her, that's our thing. We go to the bull riding. I ride, do all that. We go eat. We go to a $5 blackjack table and have a blast for that night. (laughs) Like that is literally what, that's what makes Vegas so fun for me because you're there, you've made your goal. You've made the finals. You've, that is a goal that everyone riding wants to make the PBR world finals. So that is a goal accomplished and you know, you can go there, have fun with your family. And I mean, good Lord, it's in Vegas. So it's going to be fun. What do you think about Fort Worth? I think it's going to be fun too. You think so? That's stomping grounds for me. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's there's certainly a different dynamic about it. I mean, you can you can spin it either way. You can be excited about it. You can be down about it. The end of the be day, be down about it. It ain't going to do nothing but hurt you riding. That, We're mean, going there whether you want right. to or not. That, that's exactly right. And, and like for me, I'm excited because it means we get to go do the finals. And a, a year a, a year ago, <laughs> man, a year ago, we didn't know if we were going to get to have the next event. You know, you think about it, and so I'm just, I feel like we're big, blessed. Yeah, we're very blessed, and because I didn't think as things were going, if we were, if I was going to have to go out and get a real job. Yeah, <laughs> and let me tell you something, there ain't nothing more motivating than having to go work Literally, a job you don't want. I mean, we yes, this is how we make a living, this is our job. It is, it is a job, though. It is a job, yeah. like it really is. Anyone that says... What do you mean you got a job? Be ride bulls for a living. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah, come come do it. Yeah. You, I mean you just you just yeah. you punched her button. She it pissed her <laughs> off. Yeah, then try it. Yeah. You think it's so that easy? I mean, for us, yes, it is a job, but like all them old country songs say, when you're doing a job that you love, it yeah. really ain't work. That's right. So That's right. I mean, I really don't want to have to go get a nine to five. So yes, we are very blessed to be able to do what we're still doing this year, man. I, I like, I, we got to wrap it up. We got, yeah. uh, we actually have to go to work. No uh, crap. We about know, to have to crazy. go ride and you're about to have to go talk. It's crazy. <laughs> you got to go think about riding bulls. I got to go to meetings and all that fun stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, man, I appreciate you doing this. I, I mean, I hate that I was so far down on the list. I know you've done every other podcast oh, on the planet. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I'm just glad I'm finally cool enough to be, oh, be on here. Oh, whatever. <laughs> no, we, uh, no, we, I, I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm excited for you. Um, social media, how do people find you? Uh, on Instagram, it's Mason Taylor 116. And then, why 116? Uh, Romans 116 for gotcha. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. So, really? Yeah. Look at that. I'll sit there and talk to anyone about Jesus. That, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's awesome. And, and I was going to say, is there anything that, that you think people don't know about you? Uh, Yeah. Like, I think we've covered a lot of it. We have covered a lot of it. Um, But, you know, people can ask me pretty much whatever you want, and I'll yeah. give you a straight answer. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you want to talk about bull riding, we'll talk about bull riding. You want to talk about Jesus, let's talk about him, too. You are unapologetically you. Yes. And I love that. I yeah. think that's awesome, man. You get uh, what you get. <laughs> that's right. I mean, yeah. I'm not changing. Yeah, me either. Um, Instagram, you don't do Twitter, do you? Man, I have one, but I don't know how to work that thing. So <laughs> <laughs> I got one. I but, forget about it. Instagram's yeah. taking over everything. Instagram and then Facebook, just Mason, Mason Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, all right. Go stomp a hole in one tonight, whatever you got to do. Get your mind right. And, uh, Have fun this weekend. Maybe we'll do this again soon. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.